thank you for today thank you for the promise of home thank you for what you're going to teach us in these next few minutes thank you that all eternity can be changed when we respond to your word in Jesus name amen I'd like to take a minute if I can, before I begin preaching uh, the message and talk to my, my guys here, and I just want to encourage you that we're in a series called The Promise of Home, and it's a whole idea. You've, you've heard the message from the first service, so our theme is the year of the promise, and... Uh, the encouragement to the body is what has God promised you that you have yet to see? Because he keeps his promises. And I love the insight and Pastor Steve and, and Russ and Nelson and Andrew that, that they've given here that next Father's Day is going to be different. And that's the promise of home. And so I just want to encourage you with that, and if you believe that God's going to do it, would you say amen? amen? First step's the hardest, amen? Today we're talking about the story of Jericho. The title of the sermon is The First Victory, but before I get into that, I'd like to leave this word with you, this phrase that I kind of want it to be your reminder throughout the week. And that's to follow the ark. Follow the ark. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 3, they're getting ready to cross over the Jordan River. God has already worked incredible miracles, yet they were in the wilderness for 40 years. And according to what we know, all the people in the wilderness were the ones that saw the Red Sea parted and now had died in the wilderness. All the ones that saw the plagues and the release from Egypt in miraculous fashion now found now were dead in the wilderness. So this generation that's going against Jericho was going into new ground. They had never experienced many of the things that happened in the book of Exodus as we've studied that. Yet God doesn't run out of, of power or of ideas or of creativity. He is the God who can continue to work miracles. Follow the ark is the encouragement for you today because that's the encouragement to them. As they found themselves standing in front of the Jordan River, on the other side was the promise of home. The river was flood stage and 
If you know anything about rivers, you don't go swimming in flood stage. You cannot cross in flood stage, especially hundreds and thousands of people, men, women, and children. And so in Joshua chapter 3, God is leading them to cross the Jordan. And in verse 3, it says, giving these instructions to the people, when you see the Levitical priests carrying the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before. The solution for your doubt, the solution for your question, the solution that if God can take you to where he's calling you to be is simply this, follow the promise. The ark of the covenant, covenant is promise. It is the very presence of God among the people. Aren't you thankful today that we stand and live on the other side of the cross? Because for the Israelite nation, they look toward the ark as the representation, the manifestation of the presence of God. Follow that. Yet you and I from the inside out can hear the voice of God and follow his leading. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I've never done that before. I've never seen that before. I've never experienced that before. Well, that's the whole point. God is saying, follow the ark. Follow me because you've never been here before. I'm not calling you to do something that I ain't already got figured out. Amen? So I'll start with that for us today as a church that we want to remember to follow the ark since we've never traveled this way before. I believe that God is taking our church in places that it's never been before. Well, before we planted any campuses, we never planted campuses before. Before we invested in churches in India and in Nepal, we never did that before. But God is calling us to do things that we have never done before because God wants to show his glory through our faith in him. Amen? I'd like, like for adult and teen challenge participants. The GED is not an option. Can I tell you, your walk with the Lord, there is no option of faith. You either have it or you don't. You either trust him with what you've never done before or you don't. Amen? Can I just encourage you to come off of the sidelines? It's boring there. Because, man, when you experience the power of God and doors that only he can open and favor that only he can give, you never want to go back to sitting on the sidelines. Say, I'm happy just right here. We're looking at the first victory, and I, I am blown away by the way God has the trajectory of this nation focused and pointed. Go to Jericho, their first stop on this conquest of taking the land was Jericho. It was, many historians believe, the most ancient fortified city, over 8,000 years old. Walls that were over 30 feet tall. Thousands of people living in this city not only ancient, but also powerful and prominent and known in those days. 
as a city of great prominence. This was not a city that God was sending them to occupy. This was a city that God was sending them to destroy. This was the first stop that would be the first fruits sacrifice to the Lord. It's like, I want to send you here because I know when you go here, then all other nations will recognize that I am your God. And all other nations will start paying attention to, did you see they took Jericho? We don't even have a wall that tall. <laughs> you know, I actually lean into the idea that God wants to do something so prominent and so miraculous and so powerful in my life. Can't nobody say it was Andrew anyway. <laughs> that makes me excited. I get excited when you guys are able to go home or somebody makes a phone call. Say, Did you hear what's happened in Andrew's life and what the Lord was able to do in Andrew's life? And people go, really, Andrew? Man, I know him. I, don't, I can't believe it. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Amen? Because if he can use me, by God, he can use you. Hallelujah. Today might be the day that you decide to stop standing still and you start taking steps. Today might be the day that you decide to trust God with the marching and eventually seeing the victory. Let, let's do a little practice today. Can you say this with me? Say, what a difference a day makes. Now, in verse 14 of Joshua chapter 4, we see something significant happen. They crossed the Jordan River, and in this passage it says, That day the Lord made Joshua a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites, and for the rest of his life they revered him as much as they had revered Moses. Moses, the superstar, superhero, superhuman in many ways. When they thought of Moses, they connected it to the presence of God, the power of God, the obedience of God. Moses carried this mantle and this anointing. And in this day, Joshua was leading Israel into victory. And in a single day, he became the leader on that level. What a difference a day makes. In Joshua chapter 5, Israel is now renewing the covenant with the Lord. And we see towards the end of that passage, it says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. What a difference a day makes. Israel makes a renewed commitment to the Lord to obey and to walk in covenant with him. And then God says, you remember how you've been known as the nation that was enslaved by Egypt? Well, now you will be known more so for what you're going to do and less so for what you've done. I know I can get an amen right here. Because God wants to do something so prominent, so powerful, so amazing in your life that people don't remember you for that person. They start seeing you for this person that God is calling forward. Come on, and you know, you know if you got baggage, then God's going to have to do something really, really special. 
Because I can tell you the testimonies that we've heard, Pastor Stephen, even Nelson today. Nelson isn't known as the guy that was hooked on pills. He's known as a powerhouse for the sake of the Lord and for the sake of the kingdom, changing lives. Amen? Pastor Steve is the COO of the thing and just running with it. But yet, a graduate. You know, it reminds me of a commercial that was out for many years. Men's Club. Anybody remember Men's Club? I'm not only the spokesperson, I'm also a client. <laughs> Nobody? Come on. Y'all, if you ain't used to it, we like to go serious and powerful and go right back over here. What a difference a day makes. Joshua chapter 5, the very next day, here they are moving into the land, moving into the promise of home. The very next day, they began to eat unleavened bread, roasted grain, harvested from the land. No manna appeared on the day they first ate from the crops of the land. And it was never seen again. So from that time on, the Israelites ate from the crops of Canaan. You know, I'm reminded of Jesus sharing with his disciples. I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Can, can, can you just understand with me? Can we take a step back for just a moment and understand that for hundreds of years, the land of Canaan was being prepared for the Israelites? If you had a glimpse of what God is preparing for you around the next corner, you would get excited in this moment. Because he has greater things in store for you, my friend. And when we begin to realize that and walk in that and experience that, the days of manna were wonderful and amazing. God provided, but he is doing greater things. We embrace our heritage as a church, but I know that God's got greater things in store. What a difference a day makes. It's my hope, it's my prayer, it's my desire to see you walk away from today and know that God not only can, but he will do great things in and through you. Amen? Number one, above and beyond. Number one, above and beyond. Joshua chapter six. Joshua chapter 6, now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king and its strong warriors. You and your men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will carry ahead the ark each carrying a, a ram's horn on the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priest blowing the horns. When you hear the priest give one long blast of the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. The gates of Jericho were tightly shut. We know from last week in the story of Rahab that there was terror in the people's hearts of Jericho. They knew that the Israelites, something different, something special was about this nation. 
Something didn't make sense. They were winning battles they had no business winning. And the God of heaven was on their side. In Matthew chapter 16, 18, I remember Jesus declaring that the gates of hell will not stand against the kingdom of God. Jericho tightly shut, the gates closed in that wall, thinking that they might be safe, thinking that they were in there protected. But what really was happening is they had closed the gates to their very own prison. I believe as we read through the scriptures that many battles that God gives us, it's, it's unique if you read through the Old Testament. There's so much about warfare and battles, and, and, and I'm convinced in, in the study that I've had, I'm convinced that these are there for you and I to know how to fight in the spirit realm now. You see, because God told the Israelites, go and take Jericho. And many times when we read about these battles in the Old Testament, God is giving them very clear instructions. I want you to do this, this, and this. I want you to take control. I want you to have victory overwhelmingly over these enemies. And, G and Jesus says the gates of hell will not stand against it. Can I tell you, gates don't move. And so many times, especially me growing up in church, I always pictured gates <laughs> coming against us. Like there's a special gate that moves and runs into us and we gotta get out of the way. But what Jesus is saying and what is happening at Jericho is there is no gate coming against you. God is calling us today to go against the gate, to run, to fight to pick a fight with the enemy. You know, I don't think Jesus made a mistake when he said, all authority I have been given under heaven and earth and now I'm giving it to you. Go, cast out demons, heal the sick. And we're, we're caught up with, uh, well, don't let the gate come against me. Can we go against it? In the power of the name of Jesus. Jericho, was a city that had been built around 8,000 BC. For thousands of years, it was known as this most powerful city. Can I tell you, there are vices and addictions and sin that has been around since the beginning of humanity. Can I just talk to you for a minute? The original sin is pride. Listen, I, I can't get away from it. I feel like I gotta talk about it every week because it breaks my heart. Our nation is celebrating pride. Can we come against that gate? In Jesus' name. And say, God, help us. Help us push back. Help us pray. Help us fast. Help us fight. Help us win. All these people that are in bondage that have closed the gate and said, we're safe inside this. As a matter of fact, we're proud of our walls. Can I tell you, God wants to tear it down. And he wants to use us, church. Gone are the days. We cannot just stand on the sidelines. Somebody needs to dust off their sword and pick it up. The gates have no chance against us when we're following the leading of the Lord. Secondly, gaggle. Say gaggle. It's fun. 
It's a fun word. I want to put some things to bed if I can for just a moment. This word gaggle is a group of noisy, silly people. Tell your neighbor, you might just be a part of a gaggle. Some of you are waiting all day to be able to say that. I got my word now, pastor. Thank you. It's a Christian cut down. You're just a gaggle. In, in studying, I may be wrong in this, but I've, I've counted when it calls out numbers of warriors and different things. We believe that when they left Egypt, there were probably about 2 million people in Israel that, that were Israelites. The, the, we believe, based on the counts of the tribes in the wilderness, that there were about 2 million people. Well, based on the numbers of the warriors that are coming into the promised land, the numbers of the people that came out of Egypt have been drastically reduced. And at this time, the population was far from thriving. The people who had rebelled now were dead in the wilderness, and the population was younger, almost all 40 years old and below. Because 40 years was the time that he had wandered the wilderness. They had not experienced the slavery of Egypt. They had only walked in the wilderness. They had not been as organized as the, the Scripture says when they left Egypt. They left like an army. Well, now there was a reboot coming. There was a refresh coming. There was some things that needed to be adjusted. This gaggle of people was called to defeat Jericho. And yet Joshua was telling them, fall in line, march with the fighting men, get in formation, start taking the steps in kind, and walk with purpose because the Lord is going to win with you. Joshua had gone above and beyond. The instructions of the Lord were clear. And now Joshua calls the people. God says, take the fighting men and take the priests. And God says, you know, and Joshua says, you know what? Everybody's going to go. We've got the fighting men. They're going to lead the way. But you, 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 you know what? Everybody's going to go. Get out there and start marching. The gaggle of people, a group of noisy, silly people. Well, Joshua was smart enough to put that to bed because the third thing under above and beyond is this thing called gossip. In verse 10 of chapter 6, Joshua says, do not shout, do not even talk. Joshua commanded not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout, then shout. So Joshua was putting forth some further instructions as the leader of Israel now. He, was, he had seen and he had experienced, he was in the wilderness and he saw grumbling and complaining against Moses. And almost always when that happened, bad things would take place. So Joshua was not going to have any of it. He was making room for none of that. He said, listen, can't none of y'all talk while we're walking? And I don't see in the text him stopping that. It's basically from now until I tell you to shout, no talking. I don't know if you've ever met someone that likes to talk. 
You can elbow the gaggle next to you if you want. <laughs> it's, that's a challenge. But basically, they were taking what we would consider nowadays like a vow of silence. Why? Because Joshua was saying, if you're talking to each other, there's a good chance because you don't know everything that you're going to question what we're doing. Why are we, what, we, we've got us walking around this town out here. I mean, this is Jericho. Can't we just go around Jericho and find maybe one that ain't got a wall on it yet? So he puts all those things to bed. He takes away the gossip and removes the fire from the flame of bitterness. He instructs them, no talking. We're not here to discuss what we're doing. We're here to do and obey without question or complaint. Save it for the shout, he says. Many of us can learn a lesson here if we're constantly running our mouth. We ain't got nothing left for the shout when it comes. God's saying, now's the time to shout. We go, Number two, again and again, Joshua chapter six, beginning in verse 12. I got my glasses up here and I'm really trying not to use them, but the devil is a liar. Mm. Adam and Eve, <laughs> the fall. All right, beginning in verse 12, Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests again carried the ark of the Lord, the seven priests with the ram's horns, the armed men. In verse 14, on the second day, they again marched around the town once and returned to the camp. They followed this pattern for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before, but this time, they went around the town seven times. Listen, be comfortable in the unknown. Joshua, we don't see that Joshua had said, okay, we're going to do this for six days, and then on the seventh day, we're going to do it seven times. He only says, when the ark goes, follow it. When the presence of the Lord goes, follow it. When the priests move, follow them. So you can picture the children of Israel coming out of their tents and starting to walk. They walk around for six days, one time. And then on the seventh day, instead of turning and going back to camp, the ark makes another turn. Can't you just picture it? I don't know, y'all probably too holy for all this, but can you just picture the people going, what in the world are we doing? They can't talk. So internally going, we already went around once. Do they not know that we went around once? Why are we doing this again? They're thinking, what are we doing? And then a third, three times, what in the world is going on? We've been around three times already. I'm tired. This is 15 acres I got to walk. Four times? This, I am exhausted. <laughs> that kid is, is whining. Like, you get me in line. I'm going to tell you. Five, six. Now. now, the Israelites are having some struggles. But think of the people in Jericho. Y'all see, these people are crazy. Are they just going to do this indefinitely? I mean, just fight. Just throw something. We got these walls. We're good. The gate is tightly shut, but they're scared. The Bible tells us that they're scared 
Because they know that God is with them. Check it out. Church, the devil can't stand a chance against the power of the Holy Ghost working and moving in your life. And the devil's not as smart as we give him credit for too much. We think he knows everything. He doesn't. He doesn't. The devil and his demons are inside the gate with all of their stuff. They've got people they've captured. They've got stuff that they've captured. They've got curses and addiction that they've got on their side. They've got disease on their side. They've got these things that they've captured. And they see us start obeying God without question and not gossiping. Well, you want me to go around again? Lord, I'll keep following you. Can you imagine what might be happening? Can, um, listen, this is real. We, we have this idea that, that the spiritual battle is not something that we can fully understand. And I get that. But can I tell you when the Bible says that even the demons know the name of Jesus and they shudder in fear? Then the demons are in those places, those strongholds that are, that are just like Jericho. And God's calling us to walk and to march and to trust. And at some point, something's going to break. Amen? So many times, we sit back and say, I don't know, that's hard. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to walk around there. I'm not trying to step out there in faith. You see, but we wouldn't become comfortable in the unknown, we can trust that the Lord will accomplish his purposes no matter what we see or understand. Faith, without faith, is it impossible to please God? Joshua is a great leader and he understands that he can't tell the people everything. Because if he tells the people we're going to walk around every day for six days and then seven on seventh day, the people are going to say, wait a minute, can I just come for like three and a half of those days? Because, you know, I got something. <laughs> hey, let Joshua, <coughs> let Joshua know. <coughs> I, I must say, I got a crick in my neck. I, I got, you know, a cramp. I read this story, and you know what? I get excited that the entire nation is included in the miracle. I get excited that the entire nation is included in the miracle. It costs somewhere between fifteen and $20,000 to put a, a man through adult and teen challenge from start to finish. Today, I believe you can do that. So before you leave today, the ushers are gonna put the baskets at the back. There's little scanny things on the thing if you wanna give online. I believe we as a church can just sponsor one. You believe we can, Pastor Steve? I believe we can today. And guess what? Now you can participate in the miracle of somebody like Steve that said, listen, God will take care of the funds, just come. Amen? There's other Steves that's going to show up that we might, we might 
be able to put them back in their families for the next Father's Day. Are you with me? Come on, church. You believe you can do it. I believe we can do it. Hallelujah. Be ready to win. The seventh day was the day that would require a lot, marching around the city, 15 acres, seven times. That's over four miles of walking. And then they would finally be able to open their mouth in a shout. I'm going to read here in verse 18. Be ready to win. Sorry, I'm going to read uh, verse 20. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. Suddenly. <laughs> Come on, we need some suddenlies in our life. We've been waiting, 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 waiting. Suddenly. If you're just walking in obedience, that suddenly's coming. It's coming. Be ready to win. There was no time for rest. There was no time to take a break. There was no time to shrink back. There was no time backwards. There's no time to take a day off. The city had been given to them, and now they were to follow through. Sometimes we pray and we believe God to open the door, to remove an obstacle, to change a heart, and then we lack sometimes the resiliency and the conviction to follow through. There's probably many that starts the process and just falls off along the way. I know we're tired, but Jesus hadn't come back yet. I'm tired, but Jesus hadn't come back yet. And he said, work while it's still day. And it's still day. And I'm going to keep working. And I'm going to keep praying. And I'm going to keep fighting. And I'm going to keep fasting. And we're going to keep taking ground for the kingdom of the living God. Who is with me? Come on. The church today is becoming irrelevant because it's standing on the sidelines, not wanting to offend. Come on, I, I, I'm the kind of person that wants to offend somebody right out of hell and right into heaven. No offense. <laughs> Preachers are preaching and half of, the, half of the message is apologizing for what they're about to preach. Come on, if it's the word, preach it. Be committed to sacrifice. Jericho was a very wealthy city, a prize to be won. But the call to Israel was not for conquest or to occupy. It wasn't to own this one. It was towards sacrifice. The instructions were twofold, found in verse 17 and 19. Collect the things of value and give them to the Lord. Everything else, burn it. Burn it. Well, we can use that for this, and we could use this for that, and but I like this, and but I like that. It ain't about you. Never was, never will be. It's about walking in obedience unto the Lord. It's really quite simple. If it's precious, it belongs to God. 
If it's precious, it belongs to God. If it's precious, it belongs to God. And my friend, your life is precious enough for the Savior to hang on a cross and to die. And if it's precious, it belongs to God. And the common things are to be burnt out of our lives. So often we find ourselves with a battle, in a battle with the Lord, an argument even, of what is his and what is ours. You only have what you have because he allows you to have it. As I was beginning to study this, I got a revelation, and as I was talking to God one day and sharing with him my woes, my battles. Lord, I don't know if you're aware, but the church is facing this, and I'm facing that, and we're going through this, and we're going through that. And as I'm reading this passage, God showed me something that I believe, for me, was so profound. I'd never seen it before. And the timing was perfect. How many of you guys know that sometimes you just need somebody to smack you upside the head from time to time? And the Holy Spirit took me and, and did a number on me. He said, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> okay, I got it. Here's what I saw. <laughs> this is going to be fun for somebody. Eric, where are you at? Come tickle the keys for me. In chapter 5, before Jericho, before Jericho, chapter 5, when Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and demanded, are you friend or foe? Neither one, he replied. I am the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell to his face, to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals. For the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did what he was told. We go straight into chapter 6. And the commander of the Lord's army, the Lord himself, begins to speak to Joshua. You see, this is not an angel because angels don't ask to be worshipped. So where do you start, Joshua? You start with realizing that you work for me. <laughs> well, somebody get that. It ain't the other way around. See, Joshua starts saying, hey, are you on my side or their side? Say, Whoa, Joshua. Well, what do you want me to do? Well, first off, humble yourself. We missed that part. First off, take off. Would Joshua, you know, I read the story of another dude who had to take off his sandals because it was holy ground. And I read in Joshua 1 how God is telling Joshua, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. And so up to this point, Joshua had not experienced that face-to-face -face type of interaction with the God of heaven and earth. And then he says, take off your shoes. And I imagine Joshua immediately remembered, wait a second. This is the Lord. 
The commander of the army is there. Here's what God showed me. He gave, it, he gave instructions. The Israelites were to march around the city. But when the commander of the army is there, church, you know that the commander doesn't go anywhere without the army that he commands. Are you with me? You see, in those days, the kings would set forth and the leaders of the armies would be at the forefront with their armies. It's utter foolishness for the commander to go anywhere without the army. And so when the commander of the army is there, who is sitting in the hills around Jericho? The army of the Lord. See, when I grew up, when you'd get into fights in high school, I know none of you did, but I know these guys probably have. <laughs> Y'all remember, hold me back. You better be glad he's holding me back. You remember that? You know, and sometimes you really wanted that guy to hold you back because, man, please don't let me go because this guy, he'll wear me out. <laughs> so the commander of the Lord's army is giving instructions to Joshua. Somebody's going to catch this in just a minute, which means the army are in the hills ready to fight, but they're not released to fight until the nation, Joshua and the Israelites, obey. <laughs> And they're not released to fight until they hear the trumpet sound and the shout of the people. And they know their instructions. It's like, listen, y'all go and wait and be right there. And the commander of the Lord's army, God himself is saying, wait, 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 wait. When you hear the shout, I picture in my head the sword. We've all seen movies. And it's the, it's the moment where the commander goes, Rah! you know, charge. And I'm just picturing multiple, multiple thousands upon thousands upon thousands of mighty warriors on the hills in the spirit realm. And these dinky little gaggle of Israelites Oh, I hate walking around this stupid town. But they're doing it. They're doing it. They can't wait for the shout. They've been quiet for a long time. And then seven times around, Jericho's locked inside. And then Joshua says, shout. And a mighty roar comes out of those folks. And the commander of the Lord's army releases the flood of mighty angels upon the city. And brick by brick, it falls to the ground. And now all you got to do, Israelite, now you, all you got to do is walk in and take the precious things and give them to the Lord and burn the rest of the common things to the ground because God has given you victory. You didn't know it, but before you even marched around the first time, the commander was there. The army was there. In the spirit, the power was there. The victory was already won. All you got to do is walk. I'm telling you right now, if you're here today 
My question to you is, will you obey? Will you believe? Will you trust? The army is assembled and victory has already been set in motion. The commander of the angelic army is here. The army is cued and ready. If you need a move from the Lord, I wanna pray for you today. March right down here, right now, in faith. Now, nobody needs victory. Nobody's struggling. Well, bless God if you're not struggling. Bless God. But if you need victory, come on. The Israelites had to stay, start walking around. If you need victory, come on. Come on. God can do it. Listen, if you need the Lord, you say, Pastor, I've just been struggling. I've been struggling. I've been in a wilderness. I've been struggling. I've been hurting. And I know that God can do it. Not only can he, but he will. But you got to have faith. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Our God is in the business of tearing down strongholds and busting open gates, setting the captives free. I'm gonna give you two more seconds to come. Anybody else right now? Prayer team, go ahead and move behind these people now. If anybody from Teen Challenge wants to come and join in prayer, just lay your hands on them right there. If I've got some staff that wants to come, just lay their hands on them behind them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Church, stand to your feet. Reach your hands up to these people. There's power in agreement. There's power in our faith. Hallelujah. Lord, there are people here that are needing a breakthrough. God, I know that the truth of your word stands clear. That the army of, he the army of heaven is standing at the ready to fight and to give us victory. I pray, God, that these people that have taken a step, they have marched forward, they have walked forward, they have humbled themselves before you. I pray in the name of Jesus that healing would flow, that power would flow, that, God, you would remind them that you and you alone have all the power needed to give breakthrough. And in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you. We stand on the other side of the cross and that the power of the Holy Spirit is accessible to all of us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, I want the congregation to be a part of this miracle because on the count of three, we're gonna shout. On the count of three, we're going to shout. And why don't you shout like God did something for you today? Why don't you shout like God reached that loved one for you today? Because the shout is going to rock in the spirit realm, and we're going to see victory. If you're standing at this altar, I want you to shout when we say three. And if you're sitting in those chairs, I want you to shout along as God has already done it, as you believe that he has done a miraculous thing in the house today. So, Lord, right now, as we go into this place of faith and as we call forward our voice, you give us breath. You give us the voice that we have. I pray that our shout, our shout would break through in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, as your word says, there is power in the name of Jesus. Church, on the, on the count of three, we're going to shout Jesus' name. Jesus, as loud as we can, and the devil is going to be reminded who's going to have victory. One, two, three, Jesus! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Can you give him praise? The bridge.
bricks are falling, the wall is falling, the gate is flowing open. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Now, Lord God, do something eternal. Do something eternal now. What you've started, Lord, let no scheme of the enemy steal away. Strengthen our bones. Give us resilience in our spirit to draw our swords again against the kingdom of darkness, to fight back and to see victory. May today be the first victory that we look back on and know that you are able. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Would you give God praise? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. God bless you. If you'd like to stay and pray, the prayer team is here and available for you. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon.